May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. When I was a boy, I used to remember going to my grandmother's house, and um, my grandmother, when I was the youngest boy, lived in the same town that I did, and her home was always exactly the same. She never, like, moved her furniture into other locations in the room. It was always in the exact same location. Living room, dining room, kitchen, never, ever changed. They moved to Florida. Got a new home in Florida. I was, uh, you know, a young boy, whatever, in grade school. And I went to visit them in Florida. And they had the house set up exactly like the house that was set up in Ohio. The same pieces of furniture in the exact same location. Two Lazy Boy chairs, a Davenport. Never a couch in my grandmother's house. A Davenport. Um... And, uh, you know, the same mirror with the gold frame, the uh, cast iron stove with the lamp on it. And, I mean, it was comforting in a way, you know. Every time I went to my grandmother's house, it was exactly the same. They moved from Florida after many years back to Ohio. And don't you know they set the house up exactly the same again? Uh, Fifty years, I don't know how my grandfather did it. He must have seen the same exact setup every single day of his life. But I loved it. I loved going there and knowing that things would always be exactly as they were the last time I was there. I knew where my toys were, you know, in the little box that was slid underneath the bed in the guest room. And, and these were the things that, that were... But my grandmother always had something on the dining room table. Um, it was the same bowl, I think, my entire growing up. And it was filled with wax fruit. Have you ever seen this? You know, this, this, um, this fruit that's not real fruit. Uh, and I remember as a boy just looking at it, thinking it looks really good. Um, you know, and I would always pull the, one of the grapes off and, and, you know, I'd stick it in my mouth and uh, chew on it. You know, like, surely this is not going to continue to be fake fruit. It's, it has to be real. But it never was, you know. I, I think eventually I had to turn the, the, um, the grapes over because they started missing a lot on the top, you know, and make them. Always the same. Fake fruit, but comforting. St. Paul writes to the church in Galatia, the churches in Galatia, in this area of northern uh, Turkey. And he's, he's written to them to, to address this problem that's going on, this kind of struggle between going back and adopting Old Testament practices or living a life of faith. And he was eventually says to them, There's no, the law can never do for you what faith in Christ can do. And so he, he sets up this, this dichotomy between a life under the law and a life lived in faith. And he says that it is the latter that, that God wants us to do. He wants us to live a life of faith. And there's, when we do this, that we will actually fulfill the, the requirements of the law. It's living by faith that actually helps us to fulfill the, the requirements of the law. And so in the end of this letter, then, he kind of sets up this new dichotomy. It's not just law versus faith. But it's flesh versus spirit. It's the flesh versus the spirit. And um, the flesh is a, a word that um, can mean just like the skin that's covering your bones. It can mean the, um, the you know, sort of the, the meat of an animal. But it can also mean this inner disposition that's kind of bent away from God. The inner disposition that we know that we all struggle with in different areas where we don't want to do what we know we ought to do. Where we want to do the thing that we know is, is wrong, is, is immoral, is bad, um, and, and we struggle. It's this inward sort of disposition bent against God, the, the flesh. And the spirit is contrasted by 
the Holy Spirit, the, the, the life of God that lives in us, and, and the, the ability to do those acts of goodness. And Paul says that if we, if we give in to the, the, the law, and if we, if we try to live into this um, idea of, of life lived in the flesh, well, you're going to think, see the things that come out of this life that's lived by the flesh. If you have your bulletin, will you look at the, at the lesson with me? Um, in verse 16, it's a few uh, verses in. He said, well, let's just start at the beginning. Verse 1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit to another yoke of slavery. You've been set free. Don't go back to being a slave. You're free. Live like you're free. And see, he goes on, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So here it is. Okay, you've been set free. Well, fantastic. So now that I'm free, I can do anything I want, right? Absolutely anything I want. No, don't think like that. Because if you think like that, you're just going to turn yourself into a slave all over again. A new form of slavery. And he goes on then, he tells us later on what it looks like when we live by the flesh. When we do the, uh, when we take freedom and use it as an opportunity to do what's internally wrong. If you are led, he says in verse uh, 18, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, the word here is porneia. Impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Well, it's a rather long list, isn't it? These things that are, that are evident of the works of the flesh. But I think what, if you look at each one of these, and you kind of categorize them, it took a moment to look at them, they all deal with a basic selfishness, a basic inward turn on oneself, to get and to take for oneself without any consequence or any thought of others. The first three are sexual sins, the use of other people, exploiting other people for one's own uh, gratification, idol worship, an attempt to manipulate God or the gods in order to get what one wants, anger sins like jealousy and fits of rage and divisions, the inability to control other people to get them to do what you want them to do, and then, of course, things like drunkenness and orgies, uh, an inability to even control oneself. This is what happens when we give them to a life that simply says, it's okay to do whatever you want to do. You're, any, any behavior is, is perfectly acceptable. These things, they enslave. They destroy. They, they, they have the ability to hold on and they, they demoralize and depress. And if you've ever known somebody who lives a, a completely licentious lifestyle, the, uh, the license to do whatever they want, it's not freedom. It's slavery. It's an inability to get away from those things. Um, I, I thank you, many of you, for your prayers this week for me because uh, I had to do the funeral for my nephew, 31 years old, um, who, who died of an overdose of heroin. And um, he was enslaved by this drug enslaved by it and he would tell you many times he wanted to get free but it had such a power over him that it literally took his life you know this is this is the way sin is a a friend of mine used to say it'll take you farther than you ever thought you'd go and keep you longer than you ever thought you'd stay 
You know, this is the, the this is what the, the 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 flesh does. But there's a better way to live, not under a list of do's and don'ts, not under a list of of, of laws. You have to do this. You have to do this. You can't do this. You know, not under those list of of prohibitions and and uh, you know legislation, but a life lived in the spirit. We began the service, every service in an Anglican tradition, either with a summary of the law. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, the first and greatest commandment is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbors yourself. Or we do the Ten Commandments, right? The point isn't that we're under that law, but that we can fulfill that law. How can you fulfill that law? How is it possible? Paul says it. Be Live in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Uh, Peripatao in Greek, to walk, you know, to literally to walk down the street. But he obviously doesn't mean to walk. He means to live. And, and we use this language all the time, don't we? Um, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? You know it, right? It's one thing to say something. It's another thing to do it. And Paul says, here's how you live by the Spirit. And when you live by the Spirit, when you give yourself to the Spirit, doing the things that we should do, reading Scripture, spending time in prayer, coming to worship, when we do these things, not because we have to, but because we get to, you know, then it changes the way that we live. It literally produces in our lives the things that we would love to see in our lives. Not a having to, not a, a, you know, a, a demand against us. You, you must do these things. Here's a list. Check them off. Make sure you've got them all in, in good measure. But it just happens. Um, when I l- served in Kentucky, uh, when I was a seminary student, a little parish, um, I went outside and planted a Buckeye tree. <laughs> this, this is what all Buckeyes do when they're, in, you know, expatriates. You know, we go and we plant Buckeye trees to remind everybody that there's a land of useless nuts up in, um, you know, by the Great Lakes. Um, but, you know, the beautiful thing about planting Buckeye trees is that they just produce Buckeyes, you know. You don't have to tell them you must produce buckeyes. They just do it. That's what they do. And apple trees produce apples and pear trees produce pears because that's what they are. And Paul says, if you walk in the spirit, if you live in the spirit, guess what's going to come out of your life? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, virtue, goodness, Self-control, faithfulness. Now, I know you're saying, you know, I see those things in me and in those I love, not always in, in, in equal measure. I know, that's right. So, sometimes, you know, when you plant a tree, it just has little apples. I went out this morning and looked at the few little tomato plants I have. They already have little tomatoes on them. I can't pull them off and eat them yet, but they're already producing tomatoes. And and hopefully, you know, sometime later in the summer, we'll have an abundant harvest of tomatoes and have a great sandwich. It takes a while, doesn't it? It first comes on little by little and then more and more and more. Walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, these the, the fruit comes out of our lives are the things that we're looking for. And so the choice earlier, conform to the law or live by faith, uh, you know, live by faith. Don't try to li- live under a list because you know what happens when you live under a list? Okay, I did that. I got by with it, you know. I, I, I just barely did it. You know, no, live a life in the Spirit. And know that true faith leads to true goodness. 
And we know what goodness looks like, don't we? We know what goodness looks like. You can see it in, in the way that, that people treat one another. You can see it in the way that, um, that, that lives are lived. Uh, you know, I had lots of conversations with my sons over this past week. Uh, Nicholas and Zachary both flew in and um, were with us in, in Springfield. And, um, and we talked a lot about how lives can be lived in different ways and what comes out. You know, that, that if we give ourselves to license to do whatever we want, it, it turns into destruction. But if we live in a true spirituality, a life lived with God, then, then good things come out. Not because we force them, but because that's the nature of what God does. When he takes over our lives, we begin to look more and more like him. You know, when, when I was a boy and I would um, go to my grandmother's house, I always hoped that that, um, that that waxed fruit would be real. You know, I don't know why. I mean, Grandma had little Debbies in a cupboard. I don't know why I wanted that fruit. You know, but I always hoped that it would be real, and it wasn't. You know, you can tell the difference, can't you? You can tell the difference between real fruit and fake fruit. Even a child can tell that difference. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.